When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I can also tell you that uh, the ACAC, the Alberta Colleges Athletic Conference, has canceled its remaining seasons. There were still a few tournaments and uh, series to finish up there as uh, there there are not a lot of sports going on right now. Inside Sports will continue every weeknight from 6 to 8 here on 6.30. Chet, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Really appreciate everybody who's interacting either by calling in or on the text line. Before we went to the 7 o'clock news, we played the entire overtime February 16th, Edmonton 4, Carolina 3. Josh Archibald won the game. This texture says, damn, Jack does such a great emotional call. It almost brings tears to your eyes. Such passion in his voice. Another texture simply says, that was awesome. Thanks for playing that, Reed. Trucker Dave says, hello, Reed. Nobody can call it like Jack. Some text to 780-496-0063. And we bring on the line my good friend Jack Michaels. Jack, thanks for checking in tonight, man. How are you doing? Well, thank you for being very generous in that select sampling of texts. I'm sure they're not as all uh, as effusive as the ones you read, but uh, let's hope we're calling some more games like that here in a couple months. Yeah, we'll see if they can get back. Uh, obviously, a lot of other concerns in the world right now. I, I mean, how, how are you doing, buddy? I mean, I, I, let's just start there. It's it's a, it's a strange time. Uh, you're from the U.S. Obviously, you're. Uh, your family's there, so you're not just concerned about the people here. You have people back in Pennsylvania. How are you doing? How's everybody doing? I mean, right now my parents are healthy and strong. They're, uh, you know, they're in their mid-70s, so obviously they'd be a little bit more vulnerable uh, from, from the limited understanding I have of this virus. Uh, you know, the kids are home from school, obviously, so that was... You know, the first day really kicked in today in terms of them not being at school. And, you know, you've got uh, baseball and ball hockey and soccer seasons to look forward to. And now all those are in jeopardy. And, of course, uh, you know, in my own occupation, the National Hockey League. And, it's, you know, you have no NBA. It's, it's uh, you know, it, it's weird. It's a surreal feeling. I'm sure I'm, I speak for all of your listeners when I say uh, the first priority is hopefully – Everyone is taking everyone's suggestions seriously and trying to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on the spread of this virus so that hopefully, you know, whether it's 90 days or 120 days, we can get back to living our lives the way we're supposed to. Well, that's that's the good thing. You got you got to, you know, uh, do what the experts are saying. And obviously, Jack, for you to keep your social distance from me is is not difficult. 
No, no. We've always had an acrimonious relationship, <laughs> always on the verge of something major potentially breaking out between us. So I think it's healthy for everyone involved that we keep our social distance. And I, I would like to read once things do get back to normal. I'd like to make that a personal, uh, you know, a permanent policy between us. If that's okay with you. Yeah, we just we, you. Everybody else goes back to normal socializing. Right. We we'll stick. Do, we we'll st- just continue to maintain that healthy distance. I, I think it's. I think it's something we really should look at. Uh, I love you, Jack. By the way, everybody, I'm going to tell you if if you've ever wanted to ask Jack a question, uh, I mean, now's the time. You can. T- we won't do calls with him tonight. Maybe some other day we'll conference people in. If you want to ask Jack a question, uh, let let him know seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I mean, Jack and I have done a lot of stories from his uh, from his uh, career, but if, you, if here's a chance to interact with Jack, I mean, you've worked in Alaska. You've worked in uh, where was the other place you're in? Was Colorado? Colorado Springs. Yeah, yeah I've, I've lived all over the place, and uh, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, just here in the Alberta community, I, you know, it's just, um, it's weird. I, I took the dog for a walk today and it was, and it was literally, I mean, I, I was out there with them 45 minutes and ran across three people. I mean, it's, it's strange. It's just an odd. Now may, maybe a lot of those people were still going to work today. I don't know, but it was, it's, it's not the normal routine. Obviously it's not, you know, I should be, you know, on a road trip right now, it's 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 a very weird time uh, for the world. In all in all seriousness, I I haven't quite come to grips with the the fact that this is our new reality. To be honest with you, it's 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 a change for everyone out of their routine. But ultimately, like like we've just talked about, I I just hope everyone stays healthy. I mean, I've lived here for ten years. Uh, I take a lot of pride in living in Shore Park. It means a lot to me within the greater Edmonton community. And, uh, you know, spent a lot of time formulating baseball teams over the last uh, couple of days because I'm, I'm serving on the board and, and trying to get the U13s ready for baseball season. So I'm trying to keep myself busy with, with some stuff in the community. But, you know, every once in a while it kicks in. Like, there's, you know, there's, <laughs> there's, I should be doing something else. And I think a lot of people uh, feel the same way. So I'm just like everybody else. No, yeah, it's an odd feeling for sure. Now, when you, I mean, here's the thing: to be a sports broadcaster, uh, you don't necessarily have to be good at sports. Um, and I certainly was not. And I knew that early on. I was a good realist. If anything, Reed, I knew a lot sooner than a lot of people, uh, certainly than our colleague, uh, <laughs> that I was not cut out for sports at an elite level, and that's when I plan to figure out a way to remain in a sporting capacity without having the ability to actually play it. And one of the side benefits, I mean, there's a lot of uh, psychological damage done when your grammar is being corrected from age five on, but uh, one of the side benefits of having a a professor who in the family who happens to be your dad for 40 years is you do learn the ability to uh, communicate and, and communicate in a wide variety of ways, uh, whether it be insults or, or actual uh, communication that I've been able to use throughout the course of my professional career. So i got to give my dad a lot of credit. As he often says uh, to my mom and everyone else, I taught him to read by using the morning sport pages. I just figured he'd then move on to greater works like Steinbeck and Fitzgerald and those people, and instead I just stuck with the box scores. Now, speaking of baseball, did you play baseball when you were a kid, and did you have any affinity for it? 
I did. I did. Baseball uh, Baseball was kind of my thing uh, growing up. I, I played baseball and tennis, but I, I played on a, a real solid little league team uh, that that went not, not anywhere near as far as Ray Ferraro's little league team, but uh, a guy who played on my little league team went to the majors. His name was Todd Erdos. Uh, played several seasons in the major leagues, and uh, at the time we were a we were a Pennsylvania team that that went as far as any team in the last, you know, at that time, whatever that was, 1986, I think, uh, you know, going back 20, 25 years in terms of getting, you know, at least within striking distance of thinking about Williamsport, and obviously being from Pennsylvania, that would have been pretty exciting. But as it turned out. Uh, we lost on a on a three run homer in the last inning with a with a chance to keep going. So in any event, that that was the extent of my athletic career. Probably the high point, certainly in a team sport. And uh, so, you know, I, I I pretty pretty early on realized that I did not have uh, some of my teammates' uh, ability to maybe take it to the next level, including even college. All right, got a couple texts here for you, Jack. Uh, Reed, can you ask Jack if he's ever called any games on TV, and does he change his approach if he's on television? Well, I talk a lot less, and for a lot of you, that'll be great. <laughs> uh, I did a Edmonton-Boston Bruins game. I think that might have been the last year you didn't do pre and post, Reed. I'm not 100% sure, but it featured a fight between Milan Lucic and Luke Gazdick. Was that your first year or the last year you didn't do it? Might have been the last year I didn't do it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it was. So I, I did that game for Rogers Sportsnet. I also did a game uh, for Fox Sports at the tail end of the 2016-2017 system season. It was actually the game that eliminated the L.A. Kings from the playoffs, and it featured probably the save of the year. Uh, Jonathan Quick made an unreal save in that game against Arizona, but they lost. And uh, and the Kings were eliminated for the playoffs on that particular evening. Uh, this texture says, uh, Jack, would you get rid of over? Would you get rid of the shootout and extend three on three overtime? Uh, this is from Larry, who also adds, uh, "You have the best overtime call in the league." <laughs> I I absolutely would. I, you know, Bob and I at first weren't really sure how it would go. Um, there was a brief lull. Remember, Reed, where it. It started to look like coaches had figured it out, and there were a lot of games that were still going to shootout because people were getting real conservative. But it seems like it's opened up again. And I'd love to find out a way. What I would like to do is if you could do two five-minute segments but with, let's say, a three-minute intermission after the first five minutes, I would love to do that, where you basically theoretically play a a potential three-and-a-half period. But, you know, with a with a mini intermission between the two overtimes, just to give everyone a breather. I don't know whether that's a look, because I'm not sure whether one continuous thing of eight minutes will get it done. And I'm not sure whether that would lead to just, you know, teams, you know, basically running out the clock due to sheer exhaustion in their own zone. Uh, but that would be a, that would be a tweak I'd love to look at, because, yeah, more overtime, I think, is fantastic. Uh, Denise says, Jack, do you think now at this point in your career it would be harder for you to call a slower-paced sport like baseball? No, I don't think so. I, I um, Because Bob and I, if you listen to our games, we have a bit of a conversational approach. Some feel it's 
you know, too much conversation. Some some feel they get too much anecdotal information from time to time, especially maybe in a blowout game or, you know, if there isn't a whole lot going on in a in a given period. But I I also I've always tried to weave Bob in and 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 when you're listening to a game on six thirty Chet, I want you to know what's going on, but I also want you to in some respects feel like you've sidled up next to me and Bob at the bar and are joining the conversation. Like I, I, I want I, I'm trying to bring everyone in uh, with a little more background on the players and a little more uh, idea of what it's like to actually be at the game. Jack Michaels joining us on uh, on Inside Sports tonight. Uh, Jack, it, it's I mean, look, we talked last week, and and you're always so kind to me, and you said, hey man, uh, I'll hop on any time, and we're going to take advantage of that. A because I love having you on, and you're a good storyteller, and I'm going to have to dig deep into your career. Here's the here's the problem I find with having you on, Jack. Uh, the, you may have already got your best story out of the way because you told the ostrich rate story about five years ago. <laughs> So I got to keep probing for like you told the story about uh, to me and Rob about a colleague sending strippers to you while you were calling a game in Vegas and how uncomfortable yeah, that, that was. was they, they I didn't did know that adults one. Adults only. They did an adults only game in Vegas one time. It was a nine o'clock face off, and no one under the age of eighteen was allowed in. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I mean that was a, I, that was an interesting idea for a promotion. I, I think you could only probably get away with that in Vegas. They also did a midnight madness game in Vegas where they actually played a game at midnight. Now I wasn't there for that one. I, I you know Alaska wasn't in the mix for that one. But I mean I I could tell you here's one before I even got to Alaska, but it gave me an idea of kind of the passion of the Anchorage fans and and it, to some extent their employees. We were there, and it was a night. Uh, it was actually a night that Colorado eliminated the Aces from the playoffs. It was a best of five, and they were winning game four and about to put it away. And there had been some questionable calls throughout the game or whatever. And uh, the Anchorage coach at that time was Walt Pudumney. One oh, time, really? Yeah, one time NHL All Star, yeah. who probably was the best player on his team. I mean, he was in his mid 40s, but he could still wheel, and you could still see the skills that. He was runner-up to Gretzky in an all-star game. I think it might have been 85 or 86. I mean, Walt Podumny was a hell of a player. But in any event, he got kicked out of the game. And on his way off, you know, fans started to throw throw a few things off the ice. And I look over, and the Anchorage broadcaster, a guy by the name of Fred Banners, shot from the broadcast booth. One of those big gulps over. I mean, it was a hell of a throw. I mean, he whipped it and landed on the ice. I looked at him like, are you kidding me? And, of course, you know, I mean, I was 24, 25 years old, so you'd think I'd just kind of roll with it. But I was like, holy cow, what kind of league am I in here where even the broadcaster is firing a drink? I mean, he was, yeah, he was just super passionate. So, yeah, that's a, that's a story I love to tell on Fred. I, you know, those anchors. And it also gave me an inkling as, you know what, there's a lot of passion in this city for minor league hockey. If I ever end up out of a job, uh, because my own team drew 2,000 fans a night, this might not be a bad place to go. So sure enough, a year and a half later, when Colorado went under and my choices were going to Greenville, South Carolina, or Anchorage, Alaska, I said, I'll roll the dice. We'll see what happens. And that was, of course, right after 
weeks before the aces were actually listed on ebay for a while that's that's also a true story i actually joined a professional hockey team that earlier that same summer had actually been on ebay and available for purchase (laughs) was there a price listed or was it best offer (laughs) you know i don't i don't remember seeing the listing they were ultimately bought out of bankruptcy because you know the ebay thing didn't pan out but they were ultimately you know bought out of bankruptcy and they convinced me to go up there you know i was i was kind of thinking well maybe i'll try this greenville south carolina deal it was late in the summer i mean the colorado team went under august the first it was you could imagine reed i didn't have many options i had six weeks to find a job and you know anchorage said look we got new ownership we're not the same guys on ebay blah blah blah. come up we'll give you a car so i went up there and i drove a dodge stratus right out of the will ferrell center and live skid i was driving a dodge stratus and this i can't even make this up 10 weeks in my car was stolen and they found it about three days later and someone had completely hooped it up and ran like wires from the dash all the way into the back with these huge speakers and someone plowed into a telephone pole and uh my owner had discovered that between leasing the vehicle for me he ran he ran he was he was uh, partners with a guy who ran an auto dealership, but no one among the owner's consortium had bothered to get insurance on the vehicle, and no one told me to get insurance on the vehicle, so it was a total loss. So 10 weeks into my gig up there, I probably cost the hockey team thirty grand with my car getting stolen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, Jack, uh, you know, thanks so much. Uh, stay safe. And hopefully uh, you're coaching baseball and calling hockey again sooner rather than later, buddy. We'll be in touch. Well, if you have me on next week, Reed, trust me, I'm just getting warmed up. I mean, I could go all night. Try the veal. We're We're coming on next week. We'll talk to you then. All right, brother. Take care and be safe. That is the one and only Jack Michaels, play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Oilers here on 630 Chad and the Oilers Radio Network. All right, that was great to have Jack Michaels on the show. He will be a weekly guest here on Inside Sports as we uh, take you through the coronavirus and all the COVID-19 sports shutdowns, suspensions, and related material. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classics spun with a modern twist. NorthChickenYEG.com, and they do want to emphasize... You can uh, pick up, they deliver. So uh, obviously, you know, we're trying to avoid too much gathering here, uh, not going to uh, crowded places. So they want to remind you they will deliver or you can get takeout so you don't have to sit in the restaurant because we're all trying to avoid as much human contact as possible as we get through this crisis. We're going to take a quick timeout. Ian Reid is the athletic director for the University of Alberta. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. 
All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 7.33, Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched, Reed Wilkins with you from the 6.30 Ched studio. Bit of a uh, different uh, vibe around the office today. A lot of people uh, being able to work from home. I came in uh, much later than I usually would as we practice all the important social distancing measures that uh, are being advised by people around the world. You heard it in the news, 18 new cases of COVID-19 in Alberta today, up to 74 total. There is at least one confirmed case in every health zone. Uh, well, a lot of uh, a lot of events getting called off over the weekend, and that had a huge impact on several U of A sports teams. Ian Reed's the athletic director at the U of A. Ian, wish we were speaking under better circumstances, but how are you doing? Uh, we're doing fine, Reed. Thanks. Thanks for coming on tonight. Uh, so, so what uh, what did we see over the weekend? Men's and women's hockey. Uh, men's and women's volleyball were those the tournaments that got called off yeah uh, all four of them got called off Uh, women's hockey had already gone through its first day of competition as had men's hockey Uh, men's and women's volleyball hadn't started yet they were actually just called off during their technical meetings the day before competition started Uh, curling did go through the entire tournament and finish so that was good that we got one championship in anyway and uh, pandas won the national championship and the bears got bronze so um that's kind of the summary well i mean tough tough to see and just from your perspective as uh, as the ad can you know just tell us about the the decision making process here I, I like it, it just got inevitable is that basically what everybody finally had to confront yeah, it rolled along pretty quickly. I, I mean, there was a point on Monday when we were questioning whether we would be able to send our teams at all. Um, the university did allow us to send our teams because at that point nobody was clear on uh, what the, the, the legislation, policies, procedures, and rules were going to be around this as, as they unfolded. So the uh, Pandas hockey team left, went to PEI, went all the way to PEI, um, then, uh, of course, Bears hockey didn't qualify, so we we, we, we decided to save that one. And then uh, the uh, the two volleyball teams did take off about Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, so as it went along, we were just following uh, Government of Canada, provincial government regulations, and then, the uh, of course, the university abides by those, and then the national sport organizations got involved and just seemed to kind of layer from there. So... We were pretty sure by Thursday that everything was going to be canceled, but we hadn't heard uh, formally. And then it just gradually started to it just it just went really fast from Thursday to Friday that everything got shut down, just like NBA did, NHL did. I mean, it just all went in a big hurry. Um, so it was a pretty strange experience and really quite upsetting, of course, for the student athletes. Well, and I, I want to ask you that. I, I don't know if you've had a chance to, to talk to any or, or you've probably talked to coaches who have talked to some of the athletes. I mean, I feel for all of them, you got the chance to play for a championship in the year-ending tournament, but now uh, Ian, some many seniors in their final year played their final game without knowing it was their final game at the time. To me, that's pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty tough. You know, it's a different world in university sport where you uh, – 
you have five years of eligibility, and when it's over, it's over. And and of course, uh, exactly the way you said it, they didn't know when they won a Canada West Championship or qualified for nationals, and that that was going to be the end of it for them. And you know, mostly, I, I would say the the Pandas hockey team with Alex Poznikov and a few others. Uh, you know, like uh, they they certainly would have been devastated by the lack of an opportunity to try to win a championship the uh they probably had the most fifth years of of our teams and i know they were pretty upset about it um but I, you know i, I mean I, it isn't like it's, it was somebody's fault and uh they'll just move on ian can you tell us the uh decision i mean I, i've kind of got the cole's notes on it here but i think it'll be better better in your words can you tell us what the decision U sports has made about recruiting while this is going on well, they've put a they've put a moratorium on recruiting for the next three weeks, so that uh, you know nobody's traveling. Um, as far as as far as I understand it, you can still uh, uh, contact athletes by phone. Uh, I haven't read it in detail because there's been so many <laughs> so many messages going back and forth from so many different levels of sport that it's hard to read it all in detail. But I do know that there's a moratorium for sure on coaches traveling for sure on athletes coming into the universities um, but I, I do believe that they can still use telephone and email to contact the recruits so um, you, you know that's going to that changes the landscape a lot um, especially when we're not sure how long it will last because things like with all of the spring camps for football for example those are big events for the prospective student athletes at every football institution in the country uh, I don't think that those are going to be able to happen now those aren't usually until the end of April read so that might uh, change but uh, I doubt it I don't think it'll change by the end of April yeah I think we're we're in this for a long haul and a lot of events that usually happen in the spring or are, are not going to happen or they'll, or they'll find time to do them later in the year Ian uh you know, I, I went to the U of A. It's 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 a cool experience to be a university student and to be on campus. What's campus life been like, uh, you know, over the last week when this really ramped up? And, and are you and a lot of staff working from home now starting today? Uh, well, well c- campus life is fraught with uncertainty on so many levels right now because the the professors are going into a situation where they have to deliver all of their content online, and many of them don't have much experience doing that. Of course, they haven't had that in their course outlines, uh, so that that's changed everything in the course outlines. The, the students are certainly upset and uncertain as to how things are going to unfold. Exams have been, uh, you know, in-person exams have been, deleted or uh, sorry they've, they've been canceled completely in person so that'll all happen online so the whole community is is uh very upset about how things are gonna going to unfold and um you know there's today there was almost nobody on campus so <laughs> it's a pretty strange a pretty strange feeling too uh everybody's doing the best they can students and instructors and everybody else so it but it's it's yeah, it's a bit of a sad state of affairs when a place that's so lively and vibrant all of a sudden becomes sort of a ghost town. Yeah, that's uh, that that's a good way to put it. Well, this from I mean, you have to tell me if I'm missing something here. Well, this do you guys do golf or tennis in the spring and the summer? Are there any other U of A sports affected short term? Well, t- 
tennis is finished until August. Okay. Uh, they've qualified for nationals, which is in Toronto and Montreal, men and women at the Rogers Cup. So they've qualified by August. Uh, you know, we're hoping that this thing is, uh, that the sports are going on again by then. Uh, golf uh, is is not certain to be going at all. Uh, so we're not really sure what will happen there. But I, that usually happens uh, in, in May. Um, so I don't know, but if they're if if they're canceling the Masters, <laughs> I'm gu- I'm guessing that everything in the world is free game because I I wouldn't have assumed that they could ever cancel the Masters. That's that's a big deal. That is, well, I mean, it's outdoors, so you would have thought that it would be a little less dangerous for people. But I suppose fifty thousand people packed around the 18th hole isn't exactly safe either. <laughs> well, no, ex- exactly. Well, Ian, thanks for the update. Uh, you know, again, uh, I feel for, well, not just you sports. I mean, we've been talking about minor hockey, college athletes, all kinds of amateur athletes who are having their seasons cut short for a lot of them right at the, the playoff time of year, the championship time of year. But I appreciate your perspective from, uh, from the U of A. Uh, your coaches and athletes are always great about coming on this show, and I know that relationship is going to continue. And uh, uh, better circumstances next time when we chat, I hope. Yeah, I, I hope so too. And I think that, uh, you know, people have made the right decisions about shutting all these things down because it's, it's very clear that uh, social distancing is the is the biggest weapon we've got against the spread of COVID-19. So I think a lot of good decisions have been made by a lot of people, and and we'll support them. And uh, you know, you, you, you when you're on the radio, you can be socially distanced, I guess, relatively easy, can't you, Reed? I can. Everything's on the phone, Ian. <laughs> Everything is <laughs> well, on thanks. the phone. I'm in a room by myself. So yes, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of used to this, and I'm, a, I'm, a, and I'm an only child, and I'm single. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks a lot for your support all year, Reed. It's great. Right thanks on. Very see much. You. We'll see, okay. Ian. Goodbye. That is Ian Reed, athletic director at the University of Alberta. So he kind of took you through the process last week for for U Sports, and he said kind of once they hit uh, middle of the week Thursday, they knew that these championships weren't going to be able to go on. Tough, uh, you know, t- tough for those kids. And obviously, it's it's the right decision, and we got to be safe and we got to be smart here. But uh, a lot of uh, a lot of seasons and a lot of university careers not ending the way that athletes were hoping. <laughs> This is Darnell Nurse from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Well, usually at this time of the night or in the next few minutes, I would give you a final scoreboard update for the evening. I don't have one for you and probably won't for a while. Well, I can do you this. I tell you this. I was following the guys at uh, Oilers Nation. We've often had one of their uh, guys on the show bag milk. The, uh, they're going to simulate the Oilers season on, uh, I don't know what video game system they're using. Uh, you're not going to like this one, though. It's 6-1 Washington after the first period, leading the Oilers. Though I saw they tweeted the shots are 29-22, so they probably get to adjust the period length because that's basically a full game. I think they're using 20-minute minute periods. I think they have to go down to 8-minute periods, maybe even 10-minute periods. 29-22 is a, a lot of shots. 
Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. And Angie Quinnell is on the other side of the window tonight as your studio operator. Angie, how are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? Good. Where's Kellen today? Um, well, he was supposed to have the weekend off because I guess he was planning a bachelor party. Um, well, he was supposed to work, actually. Then we gave it to him off. And because he was supposed to work, he was supposed to have today off. But he had the weekend off and he had the day off. So hopefully his bachelor party and everything went fine. Uh, did they? I don't know if they had it, though. We're not supposed to gather. Well, I don't know. Um, supposedly they were going, like, skiing or something. I don't know. He said before he left on Friday, he said everything was open and that stuff was still going to happen. So... Hopefully he is still safe and able to come back tomorrow. All right. Well, I hope so. I saw him tweeting some stuff today. I think about wrestling. So we'll have to get the lowdown on that tomorrow. You are not into wrestling, are you? Um, No. I used to watch it when I was a kid, and then, yeah, no. <laughs> now, how, see, there's the answer about wrestling. I used to watch it when I was a kid, and then I stopped watching. Kellen Kennedy has never stopped watching. I do know a few people that haven't stopped watching. My dad's a huge, like, my real dad's a huge fan. My brother, my stepbrother half-brother, I don't know anymore, is actually in wrestling in Montreal. How many brothers do you have? Now this is a whole new topic. Uh, my family is big and how split how up. Many, how many family members does Angie Quinnell have? <laughs> right? New segment here on Inside Sports. Right? No, I'm just joking. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, well, Dave Campbell, who's the producer of the show, is into wrestling. Uh, I think Morley will watch it, but I don't know if he's really into it. I think he just watches it for the spectacle, so oh. to speak. I think that's what everybody normally watches it for. Like, I used to watch it. I used to have a... You don't watch it for the pure competition? <laughs> for the, <laughs> what competition for the... is there? Very sorry, but UFC got me a little bit more than that did. But then when UFC started doing the house, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> like, when UFC started doing what? They put everybody in, like, a house or whatever to get ready or something. And I was oh, like... like Big Brother or something? Something like that. I, see, I've I never, really, I've never really followed UFC. Uh, I've never... Yeah, I, I don't know. I... I I guess the, you, that it just hasn't interested me as, as much. Well, we got into UFC because my dad really liked Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan was a host of Fear Factor, so then he started hosting UFC. Oh, wow. So my dad was really like, oh, let's watch this, and is, we're like, okay. <laughs> is Fear Factor the one where you have to eat a scorpion? Something like that, or yeah. You have, to, like, you have to do a bunch of different things to move to forward. have ants on you while you have a bath or something like yeah. that. <laughs> well, I guess the ants would float away. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this texture says, I have never stopped watching wrestling. Ha ha. That is from Travis. Well, I appreciate that, Travis. Hey, there are, there are things from my childhood that I have clung on to. So it's just for me, it's not, uh, it's not wrestling. I, I am a lifelong fan of the character Spider-Man, for example. Okay. And I, uh, still, I still read. Uh, well, a couple of years ago, I started buying and reading the uh, latest volume of Amazing Spider-Man. Because now they, they'll bring a new writer on. And mm -hmm. it'll sort of be his set. So with the, the, the current writer, uh, Nick Spencer is his name, they actually like gave him, a, they started over at number one. So the, the, the issue, and it was, it was number 802. Wow. And, but they put it at number one, and then in small writing they have like legacy, and the legacy number is 802. So okay. that, that's my thing that I've kept on nice. from, uh, from my childhood. Well, I'll tell you what, over the weekend, uh, what did I watch? Uh, my dad and I watched Better Call Saul. So we, were, we the watched the first three seasons on Netflix, and then it was gone from Netflix, and 
Now it's back on Netflix. So with season four, and season five is on AMC. So we watched, I think, the first four episodes of uh, season four over the weekend. Better Call Saul. We watched the first uh, couple drives of the 1985 NFC Championship game between Jim McMahon, Chicago Bears, and Dieter Brock's Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Dieter Brock probably doesn't ring a bell for you. No. Dieter Brock's a quarterback, and he played in the CFL, and then he went to the NFL. Okay. So this was free. It was the game was played in January of 1986 at Soldier Field in Chicago, but it was for the 1985 season, and the Chicago Bears had a powerhouse team. They went uh, 15 and one. And uh, they eventually won the Super Bowl. So they played the Rams in the NFC Championship game. And then I stumbled across a video that had all the NHL video games from the first one up until now. Oh, awesome. So they edited it all together in a few minutes so you could see how the graphics changed over the years. Well, that was that was pretty interesting. It was really funny because when you just mentioned that, I... I was so excited on Bob's show one night, I was able to call Wayne Gretzky, and he was like, and I was so excited to do it, and he was like, why? And I was like, because I remember owning a Sega Genesis, that was my system growing up, and my NHL 1993 Wayne Gretzky game was my game I loved playing. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm a huge Montreal fan, so I was playing like Kurt Muller, and I was like, yeah, I know how to play this game, so that's when I knew players, and then... I stopped with the player learning because I knew all my players traded because my favorite goalie was Patrick Waugh. And then when he left, I was like, I don't know what to do, but I was so, I love my team because that's where I was born. So that's my team. But You liked, oh, you were born in Montreal? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I go with the team that you were born with and I just go with teams. Players I love because like I came out here and Connor McDavid is from my home, is from where I grew up actually. So I grew up in Newmarket and that's where he's from. So... You kind of just watch players. So wait, move. you were born in Montreal and you grew up in Newmarket. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And how long have you been in Edmonton? Uh, since October 2017. Oh, not very long. No. Did you come to work at Chet? No, my car broke down. Okay, now we're getting. <laughs> Hold on a second here. Your car broke down here, so you never left. No. I didn't think that actually happened to people. <laughs> right. I am that crazy story that. We packed up our car, my friend and I. Um, I checked it like five times over before we left. All it needed was an oil change. I'm like, we can get that along the road. We're good. Let's go. I've checked my oil. I've changed oils. I've changed tires. I'm, I know what to do with the car. So I was good. I was like, we can go. So we left, and the second last day or whatever before we were supposed to head back, I went and got the oil changed, checked it all again before we were leaving. And, yeah, the dude looked at me like I was crazy, and how are you driving this car? And I was like... What do you mean? I drove it in here. And he's like, yeah, no, you should not be driving this. And I really didn't want to get stuck in Saskatchewan. So I called all my jobs and kind of quit. And when I called Chorus Barry, I was like, wow. um, I think I'm going to quit because I can't make it back. But I hope you don't mind if I apply out in Edmonton. They're like, no, go for it. Enjoy. I hope you get it. And I was like, thanks. That's <laughs> so, amazing. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad you shared that story. That's quite, that's quite remarkable. Yeah. Well, I guess well, if higher powers need you to be somewhere then you're kind of there. So I guess this is where I needed to be. By higher powers, do you mean Sid Smith and Bob Stoffer? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that story, Angie. That is a nice little tidbit about your life. Thanks. And now the, the listeners know you a little better. Oh, well, there you go. All right. Well, Kellen's back tomorrow. So he'll fill us in on his bachelor party that did or didn't happen and what is or isn't going on in the uh, world of professional wrestling. Tomorrow, we're going to have Kelly Rudy on the show. Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet is also scheduled to join us tonight. Ian Reed, Jack Michaels, Derek Dennis were our guests. If you ever miss anything, 
sign up for the Inside Sports podcast or just go to the Inside Sports page on 630ched.com. All the audio is archived there. It is always a pleasure to bring you this show and to chat with you. Thanks to everybody who uh, interacted tonight and or just thanks if you sat back and listened for a while. Hope this uh, was what you needed at this time and we're going to keep being here for you every night. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. You heard from Angie. She's the studio operator tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Stay safe. Have a great evening. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.